Hey, it's me, Chance, with Punk Journalism, and you're about to listen to my interview with exotic dancer Kinley Kashmir Naranjo. I was motivated to reach out to her because, well, I think everybody's wanted to have a candid conversation with a stripper, right? But besides that, I think that there are a lot of stigmas placed on people who work in taboo professions, especially in the sex industry, and maybe they're not given enough opportunity to speak about what they do in a fair and mature way. And we did just that. We talked about her career, her background, what led her to this profession, and what she's got planned for her future. Also, stay tuned for an interview that I really hope to land with Dr. Joseph Burgo. He's a psychotherapist and author of The Narcissist That You Know. Stay up to date with everything I'm working on by following me at facebook.com slash punk journalism and instagram.com slash punk underscore journalism. And you can take a look at everything I've done up to this point, blogs and other other episodes at punk-journalism.com and i finally got everything up on itunes i'm really excited about that so please subscribe by just looking up punk journalism and if you really do appreciate what i'm doing um, all that i ask is that you rate and review me positively on itunes kinley kinley cashmere Naranjo. Naranjo? did i say it right okay. yes all right uh so where do you work usually um, so I actually used to dance down in Colorado Springs for a little bit. That's where I kind of started dancing. Um, I did eventually move up to Denver area, which is where I'm dancing now. Um, and I dance at a show club called Shotgun Willies. So the reason that I wanted to talk to you is there are there are people in certain professions who they're so, they're kind of inaccessible just by the nature of what they do. In your case, your privacy is probably linked really closely with your safety. So. I think that, at least in my imagination, there's not a lot of opportunities for you to talk about what you do, what your background is, why you, you know, chose your career, and that sort of thing. Because I imagine when you're you're entertaining guys, like the last thing you're talking about are those sort of things, you know. So absolutely. So yeah. And so I, you know, it's actually a topic that does come up a lot. <laughs> what's that? Um, why are you doing this? You don't look like someone who'd do this. Really? Like <laughs> while you're at work, it comes up or mm -hmm. probably yeah. one of the most common questions I get. <laughs> yeah. So what, what kind of guys usually ask you that? I mean, is it, so you usually get the younger guys who are asking, you know, why do you do this? Um, the older guys usually, they don't usually ask about it. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that is like the older guys versus the younger guys? I think, you know, actually, I'm not too sure, but maybe the younger guys are a little bit more confused on why we're here. I'm okay. not too sure. Yeah. I mean, and so how do you usually respond to that then? So I know that some women have a fake story. I kind of tell my true story. I worked at Petco and here I am. Do you mind if I ask like around how old you are or? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 20. All right. So you're very young. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And another reason I want to talk to you about, you know, about your profession is that I feel that there are a lot of stigmas placed on people who work in professionals like your or professions like yours, uh, maybe more, you know, taboo type type uh, career fields. Um, and so, like I said, I just I don't feel often that you're maybe given a chance to speak about it in a fair or mature way. And, and maybe it's kind of like, in again, in my own perception is maybe that there are you know, one side of of the you know the spectrum are people that are maybe condemning you for what you do or give you a hard time for what you do, and then the other guy side is kind of like pervy dudes who really you know not, are aren't interested in that, and then there's not really much in between. But mm -hmm. so, how long have you been dancing? 
I'm actually been dancing for how long? Can you? I would almost say about half a year now. Yeah. Okay. Wow, not very long at all. Mm -mm. Some girls have been dancing for over like four to six years. <laughs> you said that you worked just at, you worked at Petco before that. Was that you know, um, just since high school or? You know, I kind of, you know, since high school, I did fast food and then I did get into the pet industry as I got a little bit older. Um, I started management at Petco and that was kind of my main thing. Um, after a while, I did choose to leave Petco and everyone always finds it funny. You know, oh, you went from a dog person to this industry. You know what yeah. I mean? So. So how did you, what drew you to it? Like, did you have a friend or did you look into it yourself? So I did actually had a couple friends that had um, done it before and had was still doing it. Um, mm -hmm. So of course everyone knows that of course it's the money aspect on why some of us do it. Um, and then of course my friends were like, "Yeah, come and do it. The money you make is worth it." And they kind of told me like the insides of what goes on around there, you know. Okay, so yeah, you were kind of influenced by your friends. Then, it sounds like. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, did, have you, I mean, you've only been doing it for six months or so now. Do you see it as, you know, a, like kind of a means to an end or you just kind of, are you looking forward to doing it as long as you can? Um, For right now, I think it's just something I want to do as long as I can, but I mm -hmm. definitely don't want it to be something that takes over. Like I do have dreams beyond dancing, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, so what do you do outside of that then? Like, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? So I live in the Springs area, so I love to hike. I'm a huge camper. I didn't get to this year, but I definitely want to do more of it. Um, I also sell Mary Kay on the side. So that's another kind of side job that I do as well. Okay. As far as what you do with dancing, do you, what do you feel you get out of it? Besides, you know, you said that it's financially, it's really viable. I mean, besides that, do you do you find it fulfilling? Is it gratifying, mm -hmm. empowering? So it definitely, I would say, is an empowering thing. As when you're on that stage and you have, you know, a crowd of gentlemen that are really enjoying the dancing that you're doing, it does make you feel very good about yourself and really empowers you um, to be confident maybe about your next stage set. So, um, but getting something out of it, I think in an industry like that, at least for why I do it, I don't really get anything out of it, just a smile. I'm glad that the gentlemen enjoyed what I gave them. Have a great night. <laughs> Are there certain times where you just kind of have to just kind of grin and bear it or just kind of like hold your nose and go for it, you know, depending on the kind of guy that you're dancing for or um, is that just, or are you just kind of like on autopilot and you're not even thinking about, you know, what's going on? You're just, you're just doing it because you know that that's, that's your job and you're just doing it and and you don't really, you know, of who you're dancing for isn't really much of a factor. Yeah. So being in the industry, I've learned that some girls are very picky about who they choose to dance for, okay. you know, who they work with. That's completely understandable. Um, my, what I do is I don't really, I'm not very picky. If I see a gentleman who would enjoy talking, um, I do go and talk to them. It definitely is sometimes biting your tongue and kind of, listening to a story you don't particularly want to listen to, but the gentlemen really like to build that personal relationship before you go and ask them right away, okay, do you want to dance from me? So it is yeah. nice to go and talk to someone, but I am biting my tongue sometimes. <laughs>
you're not particularly excited necessarily to dance to like go and talk to this dude and you know would you say like you you're it, it's it's more i guess you might be more enthusiastic if there's a more handsome guy as opposed to like a schlubby looking dude you know definitely i would say that it's a little bit more easier going and talking to someone who's a little bit yeah more approachable maybe more dressed up nicer sure. looks a little bit more attractive but in my aspect, because I know my other stripper friend says that that's how she does it. I go for, that's how I do it. I feel more confident around them. I'm actually someone who feels more confident around a little bit more of those shy gentlemen, more of those kind of older gentlemen who maybe aren't getting as much attention as the younger, more attractive gentlemen are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so as far as like your personal life, are you married? Do you have kids? I know you said you're 20. You're pretty young, so... Mm -hmm. I don't have kids. I'm not married. I do have a boyfriend. His name is Ian. Um, and he's a very great support, especially for what I do. That was the other thing I was going to ask is how, you know, how he supports you or how he handles it or deals with it. And does he, you know, is there any insecurity there? Does it bother him at all? Um, so I know that other women have men that are insecure about the business. I'm very, like, lucky. Ian is very confident. I've never, ever seen insecurity in him when I did join the business and me continuously working in it. Um, he, I get to come home. I tell him kind of what happens at work. He loves listening to it. Um, tells me his input, you know, input if something was weird about the night. Um, and then that's it. We don't really, I leave work at work and I come home to him every night. So, so he obviously trusts you quite a bit then, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah yeah it seems like that would definitely be essential so i mean I, this is probably more a personal thing for me but like i i think that i would have i would struggle with it if i were you know if my wife or girlfriend were doing that um it would just and you know that may like i said that probably speaks to me and just my level of security or insecurity and you know and i wouldn't say that either because like i said i'm very lucky that i'm with a gentleman who supports it because in an industry like that it is hard to have that kind of trust with someone when they're doing, you know, the stuff that I do as a service. So I would have insecurities about it. I would have a problem with it as funny yeah. as it is. So yeah. understandable. Do either of you ever worry about your safety or has that been an issue up to this point? Colorado Springs was a little different because I feel like it was a little bit more of a smaller club. I didn't have to worry too much. Um, in Denver, it definitely is different. I feel like a lot more people are there and you get to see, you know, more people see you. But the Denver clubs are still, I mean, top priority is your safety. The valet parkers, you don't leave unless someone is with you. Your car is pulled up to right where your feet are and you step right into your car. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that that's probably huge. I mean, have you had any any sort of incidences up to this point in the six months or so that you've been doing it? I don't think so. The only incident is meeting a customer or two in like a mall or a shop. running into somebody. Yeah, and you're like, oh god. <laughs> do they recognize you? Do they go up and talk to you or? Absolutely, you get like the biggest smile. Oh my god, cash! <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, hey, like. <laughs> yeah, so, like, do you, do you? I mean, do you talk to them or do you kind of try to ignore them or what? I tr well, I don't ignore them because I kind of. I say that I take my normal personality into work. So what they see in the club is who I am outside of work. So I'm very pleasant. You know, hey, how are you? I try and keep it short, though. I don't want a whole catch-up mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
there's a, a lot. There are a lot of stereotypes, and you know, I think some of them come. You know, are are founded just through uh, research that's been done on on women that do work in your industries. And one that I came across is a study that showed that women who have experienced maybe absentee fathers in their lives or have endured any sort of abuse, um, a lot of times gravitate towards this industry. And I don't know, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? If you'd be willing to talk about your background and, and if that is something that, that you personally have dealt with. Mm -hmm. So now that you say that, and it was brought up before as we, as all of us talk about it, like, God, why are we here? You know, my path was a little similar. Um, I lived with my mom most of my life. My dad was very absent growing up. Um, recently, he's a little bit more there, but he was very absent, like you said. Um, so, yeah, I guess in the industry as well, I enjoy having the attention of that gentleman. So it could definitely be a huge factor, you know, on why I enjoy that, you know, attention. Okay. You know, absolutely. Why, I mean, if you had to guess, why do you think that is? Why do you think that um, your father not being as present as he should have is related to you and the attention that you get from these guys? I think because I wasn't, I didn't have the attention of a male figure, you know, someone who was there, someone who hugged me and let me know that they were there, you know, held my hand or mm -hmm. gave me kisses at night from a male figure when I was growing up as a young child. Um, I think maybe would have caused not a problem, but maybe a want for it as I was growing up. So maybe that attention of, oh, you're into me from a gentleman. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Would you would you say that you're a, you're a fairly confident person? Absolutely. I would yeah. say in an industry like this, though, your confidence can go from here, the very top, to... I mean, very the very low in yeah. a second. But yeah, is that just because I mean, like you're, I mean, you're so vulnerable. You're you're completely exposed, and if if people aren't responding to you the way that you maybe have a self image of yourself, then then yeah, that that could probably you know that self esteem or that confidence would probably come crashing down. Absolutely. I mean, how how has it affected you? Do you think that it has made your confidence better or? Are there certain days where it's tested more? Absolutely. Like some days I'm super confident. I like to try and hype myself up before work. I tend to be a little bit more confident when I'm hyped up. But I have days where I'm very hyped. I feel like my stages are doing really well. The night are staying. Um, but yeah, what most people don't realize is when, when we get on stage and you choose to step away or you kind of give us a look that you're not into us, we do definitely take it, not personally, but kind of a little bit of a confidence Kind of hurts your ego a little bit. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. But you know, right. in the industry, you kind of got to push it to the side, continue what you're doing, because then you can attract other people that may be into you. you know, okay. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to kind of find that, I guess, any anywhere you go, where not everybody's going to respond to you the way that you might like. So, mm -hmm. um, who would you say growing up were your childhood role models or significant adults in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, I would definitely say that my auntie was a huge role model, as well as my grandmother. Um, those two very smart women, um, very professional, very businesslike. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy going to a gentleman talking and having that like an adult conversation compared to other conversations that might go down with another woman. You know what I mean? 
it seems like the you know the majority of the role models in your life were women, and uh, mm-hmm. you know would you would you say that they were pretty strong strong women strong independent women? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What did they do if you don't mind me asking? So my grandma does travel agency. She's been doing that ever since she was able to. <laughs> okay. um, and then my auntie's a massage therapist, and she owns her own business. How do they? How does your family, uh, your your mom, your dad, or your your siblings, your aunt, your you, know, you mentioned your grandmother? How do they feel about your your line of work? <laughs> so I hid it from them for a little bit, but um, my grandma and my mom, my auntie. They were super supportive. I was super scared that I was going to be disowned for a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they were super supportive, super sweet. Um, my dad was the one who took it a little bit more harsh. He was not as accepting. And my younger brother, he's uh, young, so he kind of just giggled with it and like laughed it off and everything. So, What are some of the, uh, like I said, the, in your industry, I think that there are a lot of stereotypes associated with what you do. Um, I think that, you know, just, you know, off the top of my head, something that I think about is a lot of times women will go into this industry or the sex industry in general because it's like a last resort or it's a desperate measure. They have nothing else to do uh, or that, you know, maybe you'll hear a lot of times about mothers who, who choose it as a last resort to, to put food on the table for their kids or, or students to pay the bills. Or even like the worst case scenario is maybe like a drug addict to feed their habit. Um, how would you, how would you, uh, I guess, uh, argue that? Or, or what are some stereotypes that you've encountered that you have had to deal with or that you think that are, are just that, just stereotypes? Mm-hmm. I am. Um, as funny as it is, it is a true thing on why people choose to do this. I've heard many stories of I have a day job, but it's not making enough money and I need to feed my kids. So here I am. And other stories where it is, it was the last resort. They needed money quick and here it was. Um, but other times there are other women who, I mean, I've heard of people enjoying the dancing industry. I really enjoyed it. I looked into it and excuse me, I want to get into it. So that was definitely another, you know, part of it. As funny as it is, the reason I guess I kind of got into it, it was a quick you know, little job that I knew I could get pretty fast. So instead of looking for a job really quick, I kind of had it already planned out. I was like, I'm going to go and try and dance, you know, after everything I heard. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is something that I hear a lot about people um, having to do it because of quick money. And it is a true fact on why people, some people choose to do it. Are there any other stereotypes that you've run into or or negative stigmas that you've had to deal with as far as, you know, like this being... You know, you maybe looked at as a bad person for doing this, or um, absolutely. I think you do get a lot of the people thinking like, "Oh, you know, you're kind of a you're in the sex industry. That's wow, you know." And then you get looked down on because of how it's looked at. Um, I know that honestly, that's kind of the only things I've heard of girls being there is quick money. I've never heard anything different. I've heard a couple of girls say that they're there because they enjoy it. But um, I've also heard comments of, oh, you shouldn't be here. You would look so much better as a, you know, a clerk somewhere. So it's another thing you get a lot is, um, why are we doing this? If I guess you didn't have this as an option, what would you foresee yourself doing? Would you have just stayed in the service industry or? 
I probably would have tried to stay in the pet industry. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other, I mean, when you were in high school, when you were a kid, did you have, what, what were your aspirations as an adult? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be a massage therapist. And that's honestly been my, my whole kind of dream ever since I was younger. Um, and that's what I plan to do um, in my future, hopefully soon. <laughs> So it looks like, you know, from what I've seen of you, you're in really good shape and you're fit. How, what do you do to stay in shape? Do you just, you go to the gym every day? I try to go to the gym every day, but I've been slacking recently. As funny as it is, dancing keeps you in pretty good shape because of how much you're moving around. I'm a huge sweater, so I lose a lot of that water weight. Um, but dancing will really keep you in shape. Pull tricks, the way that you have to move your body sometimes for your abs. Um so it kind of definitely keeps you in shape without having to go to the gym. Ricky had asked how your, your, uh, you and your parents handle your career, and you'd, you'd kind of address that already. Um, you know, you basically said that they, they support you and that, that, uh, that they you know, didn't disown you like you were afraid of. So, um, I mean, was there anything else that you wanted to add with that? Um, like I said, I thought my family was going to kill me, and... I was so scared. I was lying for the longest time. My grandma was so smart, figured it out, and they were super sweet about it. I don't think they would have supported me without how much money I made. I told them how much money I'm making, and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't all the $1 bills that you were bringing home that didn't give it away? <laughs> oh, it definitely gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> so David wanted to know, he says, uh, I'm interested to know how possible social stigma has changed for your profession and how people in general react when you share this in social spaces. I've seen it as a positive change, especially recently in acceptance of all walks of life. So, um, you know, in deal, you know, being around women that are veterans in this industry, um, from the stories that, that they tell, has it gotten better? Like, have, have the, the negative stigmas reduced? And have you been, you know, treated more fairly, I guess, in, in general? I think, absolutely. I think, you know, as more of, as the years go on, I feel, you know, the acceptance of kind of everything has expanded. Um, they did, my friend who worked um, as a stripper for a really long time before I did, said that, yeah, there was a lot of hatred before and that now it's becoming a little bit more accepted. We do still have a very bad base of disrespect in the industry because of just how we're looked at. Um, so it does have its old parts that are dragged into the new, but I definitely would say that it has gotten 70% better on people being very sweet about it, accepting more, not so disrespectful towards you. So, and then Eric asked, he, uh, he wants to know about your best and worst experiences so far. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, my best experience, it's called being bought off the list. It's when a gentleman chooses to um, take you off of the list. Um, yeah, the dance list. So you're put on rotation, um, but a gentleman will buy you off a list for a certain amount of time. Really sweet guy. It was my first time. You make a lot of money off that. So it was probably my best experience. It was a really cool gentleman. We just had a great conversation. So taking off the list, what is that? Like you're you're not like rotating going up on stage and dancing, like you're you're just hanging out with this guy exclusively? Mm-hmm. So you're on rotation, you usually dance about every twenty minutes. When someone buys you off the list, it's usually for an hour. Um, and then you are out of rotation for a full hour. You get to spend all your time with that gentleman. Okay. So that's what they pay for, is that personal kind of experience. Okay. So 
Is it like a really long lap dance? Are you guys just hanging out or what? Sometimes it can be, oh gosh, if someone wants an hour long lap dance, you got to give it to them. But yes. most of the time they really just want to talk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is that mostly like older guys like you said before? Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine too many young guys being able to afford that. Right. Yeah, just what I did, talk and afford it. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, let's see. So worst experiences, he asked. Worst experience? Um, I would probably say, like I said, the disrespect that goes on when we're giving dances sometimes. Um, the worst thing that happens is when a gentleman tries to lick you. What? Oh, trust me. No way. <laughs> that's, that's the absolute worst is when you see a tongue coming towards you. <laughs> How does anybody think that they can actually get away with that, though? Like, I mean, you have you got to know that you're going to get kicked out by doing that, right? No, it's it's hilarious. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> How often would you say guys are disrespectful that you just get those kind of douchey guys that, that want to come in and just, you know, be obnoxious like that? I would say every single night. Every single night. Really? Yep. With a couple gentlemen that will choose to talk to you, but then it's a very disrespectful not very nice conversation with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, there is this old way of thinking of, you know, you know, she's asking for it because she's dressing this way and she's in this industry and, and that's just kind of what she, she's getting what she deserves, sort of, you know? Like, you hear about a lot of, of rape victims who afterwards, you know, it's asked, well, what was she wearing? It, was she, you know, was she dressed a certain way that she was maybe asking for that sort of treatment? You know, so... That's that's maybe what kind of concerns me is what, you know, these kind of guys that you're describing, they probably act, I imagine that they probably act that way because they think that that uh, they're in a place where, where the women are sort of deserving of that treatment, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think so as well, you know, and that's why I try, you know, I bring who I am outside of work to it to work because, you know, people come in and they think that you, they can disrespect you due to what you're wearing, what you're doing for them. And it's happened so much and they've commented on what you're wearing. Oh, well, you're a stripper. So what does it matter to you? And then I think when we, because we regroup all the time, you know, in the locker room. And I think the main line is we're still humans. You know, at the end of the day, we put our clothes on and we go home to families. I go home to my boyfriend. Some people go home to nobody, but we're still human beings at the end of the day. So... It's definitely something that comes up a lot. Yeah, and then the last question that I had was from John. He wanted to know if you you do anything else to, to, to make an income and support yourself, or is this your primary means of income? So I just kind of started getting more into Mary Kay. That's kind of my other... Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Mm -hmm, that's kind of my other side moneymaker is Mary Kay. I'm super big into makeup. I love cosmetics, so it's a really cool um, side job that I get to do. Unless there's anything that you want to leave me with and, you know, let me know where, where folks can find you, um, your social media platforms, and maybe, you know, when, when you're working. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I work at Shotgun Willie's down in Denver. Um, best radio show club in Colorado, if you want to come check it out. A really a lot of cool ladies there. It's a really cool vibe because we're all just there to have a really great time. Um, you can find me on Instagram, beauty, down slash full, and modeling. That's kind of where all my modeling stuff is. Um, and then I just want to say thank you so much. I really appreciated, you know, being able to talk to you and kind of, you know, answer some questions that were going on. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate your time a lot. And 
and I know some of these questions are a little bit, you know, personal and, and a little bit touchy. So um, I really, you know, appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and, and let me ask those questions, those sensitive questions. 